welcome to the High on the Hogs podcast. This is your host, Steve, and joining me, as always, every single week, the guy to my right, Andy, how you doing tonight, man? Yay. Yay. You sound so excited to be it here. It has been a day, bud. <laughs> Let me tell you, it is, in the way of Mondays, it has been a Monday. I, I th- can promise you that. I think everybody's had a crazy day today, because, I, I mean, a few friends, of, other friends of mine that I've talked to. You don't have friends. I, I have a couple they, in my head, and they told me they had a bad day today, too. So, I mean, it's been a rough day today. It's in a small fiasco in the workplace. Oh, well. We will make it. Yeah, I've had a few of those, just not on the scale of what you're dealing with. So, <laughs> on the bright side, we're gonna have a good podcast tonight. I'm excited. I think we are. Uh, I'm really excited. We're um, we're bringing back a, a familiar voice. So this guy that who's that guy? You know, this guy that that worked that worked with us and, and wrote awesome articles and knew everything about basketball. And we gave him his podcast and start, and then he jumped off to some big platform down the street. So but we're gonna bring him back. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. All right. All right. We'll take him. Well, looking forward to it tonight, man. We had a bye week. Nothing to talk about other than some SEC football, and the Big Ten came back. Ooh. Um, did they? Yeah. Some other things that happened, uh, but we'll get into here in just a minute. So, uh, without further ado, I'll let you hit that little mute button over there. Three, two, one. And we'll bring in our buddy Jackson Collier from hogbeat.com. Jackson, Ta-da. welcome back to the airwaves of NSS, man. Good to be back, man. Thanks for having me back on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. We're we're excited to have your basketball knowledge and overall Razorback knowledge jumping in with us. So, uh, how's uh, how's Nikki and, and the folks treating you over there at Rivals? Man, they are absolutely great. Um, obviously, I can't thank you guys enough for giving me my start and even letting that be uh, something that was. Uh, on my my horizons, I had not really anticipated anything like that uh, coming from my blog, and then I hopped on with you guys, and of course hopped on with Rivals. So something I never really expected, but um, I'm there now. So I appreciate everything you guys did for me. But yeah, man, uh, Nikki and Hutch are great. They are really fun to work with. They're really obviously knowledgeable about all things Razorbacks. They're really good about. Um, giving me some space and, and time and, and flexibility since I, I'm in law school and dealing with all that mess. But, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Uh, I really enjoy it. I'm getting to cover uh, the Razorbacks uh, pretty professionally now, uh, doing some basketball coverage and getting to talk to some recruits and coaches and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's been really cool. Yeah, it's been fun getting to follow you. So, uh, obviously, since you're at Rivals, we'll give you a minute uh, if you want to talk about any kind of deals that the folks at Rivals have, at Hogbeat have going on right now, if you've got those on the top of your head. If not, I have them in front so I do know. <laughs> I do know uh, for students, if you have not signed up before, um, you can use promo code uh, for students. I think you can look, you can Google it. I think promo code is Hog Students. Um, you get your first year for 80% off. Um, if you're a student, you have to sign up using your university email and all that good stuff. But your first year is like 13 or $14, I think. Um, normally it's a uh, hundred or, or so round for a year. Um, once your first year, uh, expires, that's pay full price and cancel at any time, all that good stuff. Um, and also, um, after every Razorback football win, they're doing a 70% off package where you only pay 30% of the price and you get a free t-shirt. Nikki um, and Hutch have both shared that on uh, social media, and I have as well. So you can hit up any of our uh, Twitter pages, and it'll be up there. Yeah, so I'm on your article, the Joseph Pinion article, and uh, that code for the 70% off is SEC Win. And of course, uh, you were talking about the student account. All you got to do is use your email, your EDU account from the from the university, and it's eleven ninety five. So even a better deal. I can't have one of those. Bucks. No, you can sign up like and do one class online. Ooh, there's an idea. I love free t shirts. They, don't, they <laughs> we don't even come in my size though. You don't have to be a student to have a t shirt. You just sign up for that one. They got fat. Oh, I bet they can make one. Sweet. We can have one made, right? We, nice. It, it, you know, Jackson's got the he's got the connections over there. He can have them made. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I need one in like a nine X. 
right. So let's just – I want to start off because it's the talk of everybody right now, as it should be, and, and wasn't really the reason I brought you on, Jackson. I, I, we're going to get into some basketball here in a minute, but this is the big story out of the weekend, and it's the, the, the another SEC – officiating mistake, blunder, screw up, whatever word you want to use. Uh, they obviously missed the call. And what I found most interesting about it, though, was Lane Kiffin's response today <laughs> was fantastic. Yes, it was. And then he catches a $25,000 fine, which was actually for his retweet. But um, what Kiffin said was absolutely beautiful. And I was going to play the video, but I didn't have it up and ready. I've been running around. But – so he was. So if you don't know, if you haven't seen it, Kiffin was late for the press conference because he was on the phone with the SEC Director of Officials John McDade. And he, this is what Kiffin said. He said, I really struggle with this a lot. I just had the conversation with him. He called to explain what happened. I really wish for our players, for our fans, that they could hear what I was just told. I think they deserve to, but I asked. They made sure to tell me there's a policy that I can't tell you. The players or the fans, what their, if you want to call it, explanation for that situation and how TV, everybody in the country could see it hit him. So what I find interesting about that is if you listen to the rest of the press conference, it's almost like he was trying to give out what they were saying without giving out what they were saying, and it's it's phenomenal. If you, you might be able to get in a little trouble for giving out what they're saying. Yes. <laughs> I do like that guy and all that in that aspect. Yeah. Sure. So I know you don't cover football, Jackson, but uh, you watch it and you and you cover it, you know, for yourself. And and, and we get to follow a lot of your good stuff on Twitter. Um, what's your thoughts on this whole thing with the SEC and and what's going on right now in the officiating world? So Kiffin's response to me sounds like uh, the SEC officials basically said to him, "Yeah, we messed up." Uh, but we don't want anybody to know we messed up, so don't tell anybody. Uh, that, that's, that's the impression that I get because we, we saw Sam Pittman uh, at least able to divulge some sort of information to the call, um, but Kiffin was basically saying that he was uh, lock-lipped on it. So that, that's the impression that I get on that. Um, you would think that the SEC being the premier football conference in the country and college football that they would have, I guess the, the premier officials. Um, but this is a weekly thing. It's a weekly occurrence that we're seeing where there are major blown calls. And it's not just, it's not just the game winning calls either. It's not, uh, Ole Miss should have beat Auburn or Arkansas should have beat Auburn and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's also the South Carolina LSU game to where uh, South Carolina wasn't in the game, but they were still some very blatant missed calls that South Carolina didn't get. They could have they could have put up a few more points here and there. Um, and when you're a lower tier program playing against the defending national championship, points help in recruiting. Uh, perception helps in recruiting. So I mean, it's I'm not saying it, it, it's the 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 downfall of, of SEC football or all that kind of stuff. But I do think it is something that should probably be addressed uh, moving forward, especially when you're having uh, the commissioner uh, of the conference, um, you're having these uh, directors of officials having to come out and release statements week after week after week. That's just not a good look. Well, and I think what else is not a good look, and I get it, you're trying to stay consistent by finding Lane Kiffin for breaking the rules. No one knows what the what what are the consequences for these officials breaking the rules. I mean, there's never anything that comes out about it, and, and so I don't necessarily understand why you don't want to to punish an official at least outwardly, you know, publicly. But at the same time, if you're saying that it's because of consistency and it's because of the, your officiating is the most inconsistent thing within the conference right now, and then you're gonna and, and the only reason you're finding a guy in Lane Kiffin is because it's the consistent thing to do because you you find other coaches for it before, yeah. like. But your officiating sucks so bad you have to, and, and I mean, I I've kind of feel bad for Lane Kiffin because if he's gonna get twenty five thousand dollars away from him, I think he should have just got to do a tweet himself. <laughs> well, and here's my thing on it too, though. I don't know how Kiffin's contract is structured with Ole Miss, but a lot of coaches these days, especially hires like Pittman, they have incentive-based contracts. You get money. You get extra money based on 
the number of conference wins or if you make um, the SEC championship game and all this and make a bowl game, win a bowl game, all this other stuff. That's how Bustleman's contract is structured too. You can make X amount number in bonuses if you make the NCAA tournament, uh, second round, Sweet 16, sign a top 10 class, all that sort of stuff. It's really going to be a big issue, I think. Um, if you start getting even more than, than the, the two major uh, that we've seen so far, or three if you factor in Kentucky, too, right. because they got a, a touchdown that uh, was overturned that could have been a touchdown against Auburn. Yep. Um, but you are essentially um, not taking away salaries, but you are affecting the incentive-based contract of head football coaches. Never looked at And my way. buddy Ryan Higgins uh, on Twitter, uh, he's a good guy. I don't know his, his actual handle. It might just be at Ryan Higgins. He gave me sort of this idea on this uh, thought pattern um, because there, <laughs> obviously I'm in law school, so I think of everything in the terms of law, even if there is no case. But it got me thinking, like, you know, <laughs> there could be a tort case for breach of contract and negligence. Because it's an incentive-based contract, and if the if the SEC official's negligence is a proximate call cause or a, a, a direct factor of, of Pittman not being able to uh, come up with this money uh, for his incentive-based contract, and the SEC should be or could be sued for lost wages. Now, obviously, that's all hypothetical and all that kind of stuff, just kind of spitballing. But I think if it, if it continues to be an issue and you have all these coaches that legitimately have their contract structured like that, uh, I really do think it will be a legitimate issue. No, I agree too. Go ahead, Andy. You know, that makes a lot of sense. With What is Pittman's bonus? His first start is, what, is it six wins? See, yeah, that's what I was going to get because, into. Because I mean, if yeah. they get to five this year and that game could have been the sixth win, for them out of 10, I mean, I know they were set up on 12 games, obviously. Right. But, you know, if they somehow pull off five and that win's hanging out there, you know, I think there's a bonus in his contract for six wins this season. Yeah. And we're not talking about chump change either. We're talking exactly. about the bare no. minimum, like $100,000. That's, that's, that's a nice car. Yeah, I mean, that's most than, <laughs> that's more than most of our yearly salaries. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean it's and, – and, and, yeah, you can get in the quarter million range on some of those. So, I mean, it's – Unless you're a it, saving person, then you're millions upon millions. Right. And so, I mean, you're right. And I, I think they I were – thought about that way. Yeah, I think they were talking about it on, that on drive time earlier today when I was headed towards Bryant, but – I think that conversation came up, but it's true. I mean, there's so many incentives, and you may, I was going to make that point too. I don't, I don't, I'm, I think you, I think you might be right on that. I but think it's on the even six. if it's not, I mean, you think about a, a normal season, uh, there are a lot of coaches that do have that win escalation clause where if they get to X number, they're going to get this and they get this. But, you know, so absolutely, I mean, that's a huge piece when you're talking about what could amount to a, a million dollars or, or, you know, and especially if it knocks you out of contention for a certain bowl. The other thing is you'd put it on, Auburn would be on a three-game losing streak right now? Or yeah. Four well, games? they had the game in between. No, that you're right, no, yeah. Maybe three or four. One, they'd be one and four right now. Yeah, they would be. So, I don't if know. If you include Kentucky, they're 0-5. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, you know, the Everything, Kentucky one. That is crazy. They've literally been given every win they've had this year. So, that brings me to another question we're going to talk Sorry, about later, sense. but – does so I don't okay so I know people want to talk about the SEC biased and 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 towards Alabama and certain programs I understand it but I mean what what does the SEC gain by giving Auburn things it, it, to me it's just the SEC is just that incompetent right now in their officiating and it's just happened to be in Auburn's favor so many times I mean surely it looks really bad it does but what what is what does the SEC have to gain from Auburn Winning and being you know, four and one. What kind of dirt does Gus have <laughs> on Greg Sankey? Is my question. I mean, maybe. yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not one to dig in on conspiracy theories or anything, but I do uh, remember somebody, and I don't know how true this is. I, I saw somebody post on Twitter. You no, know, they say don't believe everything you read on the internet. Okay. But um, no way. <laughs> but someone posted that the uh, the SEC official uh, replay system. Uh, that goes through Alabama was developed by Auburn grads. Now, it could have been, but I still don't think that that's going to warrant any, like, vendetta to help Auburn. Like, so you it's get a not to win like, because your oh. grads developed it? Yeah, no, there's, there, I don't think there's really any. I, I, I really, really am against the idea that there's any concerted effort to help Auburn. I just think the officials 
have made the wrong calls in situations that happen to have helped Auburn. And like Andy said, it doesn't look good at all. Uh, and then when, when that happens to be consistent, you get people saying stuff like, well, you know, it was started by an Auburn grad. <laughs> so, so it's just one of those things where I, I don't think there's any clear motive to like straight up help Auburn win. There's no, like you said, there's nothing to gain. And I'm, I'm in a position where I don't really think that's how athletics work. I'm not really a conspiracy theorist on anything like that. Like I, I hate the whole narrative of, oh, well, well, they're just letting families getting special treatment or, oh, Kentucky's getting special treatment in basketball. It's like, no, that's just, it's, it's, it's how it is. I mean, calls go your team's way and calls go other teams' ways. I mean, it's just the way that sports works. It just looks really bad. The optics are really bad right now surrounding the Auburn situation. Yeah, and, and you use the Kentucky example and that kind of stuff. And, and I mean, it's there's no – I mean, there are times when the bigger programs get the calls. I mean, that's not – we all see that. And things happen, especially in a home environment. If you're at Kentucky, if you're at Arkansas, you're likely going to get a call that goes your way. And so, you know, but in this scenario, when you think about the Auburn situation – Again, I don't get what the SEC gains here because let's say that Auburn does go, maybe they get they're good enough to go to a, a top tier bowl, not that not a playoff game, but a top more top tier bowl. The brains beat. Yeah, exactly. The SEC is going to look like fools with a team getting beat by forty on a big stage because you protected them to get to that bowl. Like so, it's none of that last year. Yeah, the bowl game that they were probably should have been at. Yeah, who'd they get beat by last year? Bad, well, whoever it was. It was Minnesota. Morris's yeah. first game was OC. Yeah, it was Minnesota. So yeah, I, I just I don't know, man. I don't see where I don't see where you you can find a correlation where they're trying to help them. I just think the SEC is just that incompetent in officiating. Right Blame now. it on Vegas. Blame or Vegas. Uh, <laughs> also, a little sidebar here it was, and then I could be wrong here, but uh, didn't Auburn lose to UCF a few years ago in a bowl game too? Yep, two years ago. Yep. That was the year that UCF claimed their national title. Or was it the year after? I think it was the year after One they claimed the two, but I figured Auburn was going to come in there and finally show them what's up, and it was like, dang, those guys are fast. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they're actually pretty good at this. So, yeah. uh, all right. <laughs> they sure did. So, Auburn has a history of that. Okay, one other story that came up today that I wanted to ask you about. Jerry Jacobs opting out. What's your thoughts on this? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I as carefully I, as you can say, because really, I'll give my thoughts after you after we get off the after you get off the pod, I'll give my thoughts. I, I don't really want to say too much uh, on on that on, on the record, but I will say <laughs> that um, I don't know. I guess if you're going to opt out or transfer, or declare for the draft or whatever, this is the year to do it because you're not really penalized. Um, we saw him, I think Nikki even posted this, we saw him in a position battle during the offseason. He won it, um, was injured, and then presumably lost to his spot to Hudson Clark. Um, so there, there's a lot of stuff going on in that situation. Um, but at this point, I guess we just hope that uh, Jerry does get drafted um if he does go to the draft uh, i know he deleted that post initially off his twitter after he announced it so i i, I guess he's still declaring for the draft um but yeah uh it, but the timing was very odd um especially off a of bye week but um i guess just wish him the best and move forward um that it, it really does kind of put the uh, Razorback secondary in a pinch, though, because regardless of if he was going to ever start uh, again or not, that that depth is wearing thin, because <laughs> yeah. now you lose uh, McClellan, you lose Jerry Jacobs, you're down to Devin Bush, hasn't really played a whole lot this year, so you're really just kind of throwing out everybody on the field that you have. Uh, there's not a whole lot of room for subs at this point. Yeah, and it's a week where you were finally starting to feel like you had some depth coming back. I wonder how uh, Catalan fares at corner. Yeah, we don't need to know that right now. He's playing just fine at safety. <laughs> just I'd, saying, I'd rather him stay right there where he is. they got plenty of young talent out there. I think they will be okay. But, uh, <laughs> what are the chances that he might have gotten in trouble or something like that over the weekend and they pretty much kind of gave him no other option other than to 
pack his bag or go ahead and you might want to opt out. What do you think about that? I don't know. I don't know. I think we'll talk about that more later. <laughs> oh, <gotta> wait. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, so Oops. all right, let's get into basketball. So, Arkansas, we've talked – you and I have talked about this a couple times, but uh, Arkansas's obviously got the big class on campus right now with KK, Jalen, Moses, and, uh, and Devontae Davis, plus all those transfers that came in. Um, how are things looking from what you've been able to – what words you've been able to get uh, since this team started practice? You know, without giving away too much info, I will say that well, – uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's got to save it for his podcast. That's not right. <laughs> we were here first. It, it is right. Yeah. It, it is right. All, all fair. All fair and love and more. But anyway uh, – Essentially, uh, everybody saw, or most of Razorback fans saw, uh, Aaron Torres' tweet today talking about how impressed Vance Jackson has looked. Um, that is true. Uh, I tweeted out. Sometimes I don't know if people take my the tone in my tweet seriously or not. Um, when he tweeted that out, I retweeted it with a can confirm uh, uh, header or whatever, and or caption. And I think some people took that a little seriously. I was kind of jabbing but anyway uh yes vance jackson has been looking really good apparently he's uh, been compared to a six foot nine mason jones um oh, Lord. that's scary he does not really miss from outside in practice it seems like uh not well, obviously shoot around unguarded that kind of stuff but uh he, he's been hitting shots um from what i can tell it seems like uh, KK and Devo both have high court awareness. They make really good passes, uh, high IQ basketball players, which is really impressive coming in as freshmen. Um, Moses Moody doing his thing, you know, being a borderline five-star prospect, um, potential one and done, just coming in and um, even exceeding expectations already. Um, so there's, there's a lot of, uh, of good stuff um, going on in practice right now. A lot of competition, you know. JD Note is back and healthy, so you have a full backcourt that is loaded with talent competing for starting positions. You got JD Note, Desi Stills, KK Robinson, uh, Devo Davis, all kind of competing for that starting point guard spot, um, and that's a good problem to have. Um, competition always does breed, or typically does breed um, success, and uh, bringing out the best in each other. So it really is good that we have so many uh, talented guards still competing for that spot and still playing at such a high level. Um, I really do foresee that. Uh, so losing Mason Jones, losing Isaiah Joe, you lose two kind of go to guys. Like last year, if we needed a bucket, if the, if the Razorbacks were down three, down two in crunch time, they needed a bucket. Who'd they go to? Mason Jones. So, as good as the talent is that uh, Musselman has brought in, uh, there's still kind of a missing element. And Musselman touched on that in his uh, press conference the other, uh, last week. There's still a missing element of having that go-to guy, that, that clutch score, that, that Mason Jones type. Um, I really think J.D. Note can be that type. I really do. I think J.D. Note is just a very good scorer uh, with the basketball. Um, he's very quick. He's very uh, efficient. And from what I can tell, his shot has come a long way, too. So if he starts hitting the outside jumper along with everything else he's already been able to do, um, I really think J.D. Note can kind of assume that role of being the go-to guy in crunch time, along with, if, if you need to, you, you can have a Vance Jackson or, Mason, or uh, Moses Moody in that situation, too. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's the way things are looking. Um, so, pretty, <laughs> pretty good stuff to have, uh, considering. So, you think we'll see an emergence out of Ethan Henderson this year at all? I, we didn't hear that name much. You know, everything I've heard about Ethan is that he has improved and he is a completely different player uh, from what he was last year, the year before, but that 
it will still be incredibly difficult for him to crack the rotation just because of the talent that's around him. Well, hopefully he gets some sort of opportunity there. I really like Ethan seems to have the talent that should translate, so hopefully he gets an op- opportunity. Cotton ball. Yeah. So, so you and I haven't talked much uh, <laughs> in terms of uh, since Isaiah left, I think. What are your expectations out of this basketball team? Now, obviously a weird year because – we don't know exactly what's going to happen schedule-wise. but How are they going to play? Yeah. <laughs> um, but what are your expectations for this basketball team this year? So, obviously, you lose Mason Jones, you lose Isaiah Joe, you take a hit with two of your premier scorers. Uh, I do think that even though you lose both of them, this is a very good basketball team. I think if chemistry gels early, and they win the games they're supposed to, and they compete in conference. I really do think there's the talent on this team to go as far as the Elite Eight. Now, that's not me saying that we're going to go to the Elite Eight, but I could reasonably foresee the Sweet 16. I think that should be probably the uh, the reasonable expectations. And that's not saying that if, if they don't get there, then, then we didn't meet expectations or, or anything like that. I just think... Uh, Talent-wise, you can go Elite Eight beyond that. Reasonable would be Sweet 16, and I think it just should be a guarantee that you make the NCAA tournament. And from there, it's really a crapshoot. It's all based on matchups. It's all based on tempo, size, depth, any number of factors. So it it really is a crapshoot. You can take some of the best teams in the world who have won NCAA tournament championships, you can put them in the same exact uh, scenario, get the same exact matchup, and they probably won't win it twice in a row. I mean, it, it really is just one of those things that it is so inherently based on matchups and a lot of luck, too, um, and just getting caught at the right time. I think but I, I really do think that Sweet 16 should be a reasonable expectation. Yeah, and I think this is an interesting season, too, when you start thinking in in terms of the fan base and, and what they're going to start expecting because, obviously, I think we all saw the flashes and glimpses last year of, of how special these you know a Coach Musselman team can be. Now he gets, you know, a really good recruiting class in there. He gets a really good, uh, you know, a really good transfer class in there. And so now it's like, obviously, it's tournament or bust. you got to make the tournament. You can't miss that. But if you get to the Sweet 16, now you've taken this to another level. And we've already seen what this fan base does when the football team wins a couple games. Um, Boy, the expectations could be just insane if this team does reach that Sweet 16 plateau this year or even further, obviously. But um, I'm excited. We've talked about it on the podcast. Honestly, although we didn't expect the football season to go near as well as it's gone already, but I would have totally traded. Take it back right now. Yeah, that's what I'm say. We, I'm going to tell you right now, I am perfect <laughs> through four games. Yes, you are. And how I predicted this if we go by not what the SEC <laughs> officials have said. But, so, I mean, we, we, we want this basketball season. I think the state yep. wants it. We want to see this team play. And so, we're really excited. Let's jump into a little bit of recruiting real quick. Um, I know you're excited about a guy named Chance Moore. Talk about the 21 class. It's yeah. a little small. Do you think they'll add anything to it? And, uh, and what? how do you think that class is going to end up wrapping up when it's all said and done? So I think we only have one spot left. Because um, I think, well, I think it, it depends on if uh, uh, Kamani Johnson, the Little Rock transfer, has just signed his paperwork today. I think it depends on if he gets a waiver or not, whether or not we have a, a, a spot for next year or not. But uh, I think I think he doesn't I, I don't know there's a lot of moving parts that's regardless i think we still have one open spot um so right now you're at uh a call maywin you're with chance moore um and kamani johnson in that class and i'll tell you kamani johnson is going to get a lot of rebounds he is going to put forth a lot of effort and if he develops a mid-range jumper, that's great. Um, I still think there's going to be a lot of talent in the front court moving forward, so it's going to be hard for Johnson to get consistent minutes. I think he will play. I'm, uh, he's not near in the same boat as Ethan, in my uh, opinion. 
I think uh, Johnson will play 15-plus minutes a game, um, and he will get a lot of rebounds. I just think there's going to be a lot of front-court talent moving forward because you're going to have Jalen Williams, Connor Vanover, and uh, Baylor all there uh, after this coming year. You're going to lose uh, Vance Jackson. You're going to lose Justin. But you still have three really good pieces there that are going to develop a whole other year under month, and then whatever other grad transfers that that uh, staff might bring in. But Johnson, really good pickup out of Little Rock. Uh, really like his game. You know, he's not going to be a flashy player. If you watch his film, you're probably not going unless you really appreciate his hard work and, and blue collar rebounders. You're not going to really appreciate his game all that much because he gets his points. Uh, and dirty work. He gets rebounds and hitbacks and all that sort of stuff. He'll go to the free throw line. Not really a, a high uh, caliber free throw shooter. He shoots around a 65% clip, I think. Maybe a little worse than that. But um, he's, it's not, he, he's not a player that is pretty to watch, but he gets the results he needs. And then, honestly, you can't really ask for much more than that. Um, Maywin is kind of the exact opposite. I'm not to say that he's not capable of getting rebounds. He'll still rebound, but I mean, he's a stretch guy. He's going to step out, hit a, hit a jump shot. He's going to be able to go in and out of the post. Maybe handle the ball a little bit. Um, kind of doubt he handles the ball all that much. Um, but another good pickup, he's going to end up being one of the top 30 of those prospects um, the next year's class. Um, Whenever he committed, I know that all the uh, recruiting services had to um, do another evaluation of him because uh, he was unranked on any service whenever he committed. Uh, he was initially committed to Dave, David Patrick, uh, the associate head coach at Arkansas now uh, at UC Riverside, and essentially just followed him on over here. Um, really good pickup that I, I do really like. Um, good size, obviously. Um, just, he fits that muscleman mold of wanting to take tall and long players who can spread the floor. He's going to be able to shoot the ball, and um, like I said, may, might even be able to handle the ball a little bit. So another really good pickup. And Chance Moore, he fits that same mold except from the backcourt perspective rather than the frontcourt perspective. I mean, he's got good length. He's six five or so, and. Uh, I think think six four six five or so. Yeah, um, he was ranked as high as number twenty four in the rivals database. He was borderline five star, and it's kind of fallen in the rankings because of an injury that he had. But if you look, and, and this will show in, in the rankings that come out next, I'm sure. But uh, if you look at his highlight tape, uh, the past few weeks, past month, he has consistently been putting up twenty plus, thirty plus points having like five plus assists a game. I mean, he is balling out right now. Um, I know some fans were kind of skeptical because, you know, he's three-star in rivals now. Um, he was a low-rated uh, four-star, like 108 or so whenever he committed. Um, and you juxtapose that with Moses Moody and K.K. Robinson, who are both top 50 recruits. You know, people were kind of skeptical. Like, is this really the guy we want? I'm telling you. He is going to be a top 75 recruit, and that's coming back after an injury. I think sky's the limit for his potential. He, he can score at all three levels. He um, can handle the ball pretty well. Sometimes he's a little lackadaisical with it. He kind of use more of a sense of urgency. Willing defender, I mean, he is, he is going to be good. So with Moore, obviously, I mean, he could get you know that bump back up into the four-star status as well as he's playing. But is this a – and it's funny, I had a buddy of mine that he asked me um, how many we had, how many scholarships that left open for that 21 class. And I said, I've given up on even trying to keep up with the numbers because Musk just figures out ways to bring whoever he wants in. So it just works out. And um, But with more, you know, maybe getting to four-star, obviously I think this is a, a class that fills needs. Um, but is this the calm before the storm class where everybody's going to look at this 22 class and go, holy crap, Arkansas really is back? Well, so keep in mind, I think I think they still land one twenty-one class member. But then when you look at twenty twenty-two, you already had Joseph Pinion uh, commit last or a few days ago, not, last, not even last week. Um, 
so just three or four days ago. Right. And, uh, you know, and he's ranked outside of the top 100 right now, also, like Chance Moore is. But I am very high on Joe's opinions <clears throat> game. I think at his size, uh, with his skill set, he is going to shoot up the rankings and be another kind of late bloomer as far as rankings go. Um, he's, he can score it at all three levels, which I might get tired. He might get tired of me saying that with, with most of these guys, but that's just the type of recruit that must like. He likes people that can score at all three levels. For, those, for people who don't know what scoring at all three levels means, that means you can take it off the bounce and finish at the rim. You can hit the mid-range jump shot and you can score from the outside. You can shoot the three. Just opinion checks all those boxes. He's a willing defender. He has really good length. Um, he's six six right now. Potentially could go to six seven, six eight. Um, he he's been hitting the weight room. I interviewed his coach for an article. Um, he's been hitting the weight room, working on his athleticism, coming back from injury, all this sort of stuff. He's going to be another great in-state prospect in the class of twenty two. Um, I fully expect him to boost up in the in the rankings as well. As far as twenty one class being a calm before the storm, you know, I fully anticipate the 22 class being a similar version of the 20 class, except maybe with one additional out-of-state prospect. Um, so you'll have five commits um, looking forward. Obviously, numbers are going to fluctuate between here and now, but the way I'm looking at it now, I anticipate five commits, four from three or four from in-state. We'll see. Um, I'm not going to – I'm not saying that necessarily that the Razorbacks are going to land all the in-state prospects. They just got a commitment from Kenyon, so that's one out of the four or five or six major in-state prospects. So um, I'm not going to necessarily say they're going to land all three or four, however many in-state prospects they want. Uh, I'm not endorsing that. But I do think that regardless, you're going to have another uh, three or four highly rated prospects no matter where they come from. And I do think it's going to be another class that finishes in a top 10, maybe pushing top five. Yeah, the 2022 class has got a chance to be really special. Uh, you, you made, a, you made a, a comment there about the 21 class and potentially adding one more. So before I let you go, who, who could that person possibly be? Who might be on your mind? I kind of fully anticipate maybe possibly Trey Alexander committing to the Razorbacks at some point. Really? I I do, and this is – I don't have any sources on this. Uh, but I, I, I kind of have sources on that. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's, it's not saying that it's official, but I know with everything – looking the way that it is and based on the knowledge that I have around the situation, it would make sense for Alexander to commit here. And if that fills out the 2021 <laughs> class, um, you're looking at adding a second elite three-level scorer along with Chance Moore, along with Maywin and Johnson at two versatile wings or uh, wings slash forwards. Um, to put together a class that might not necessarily look great on paper. It's not going to be a top five, top ten class, but it fills all your needs and it has some really good talent in there. Well, I'll tell you, I, so um, I, Trey Alexander, that's, that's, that would be really surprising to me. I hope that comes true. I know talking to uh, – so my neighbor's Jalen Ricks, and uh, I talked to Jalen. Uh, we, we had talked about this class. It's, this has been a bit ago, but – we brought up Trey Alexander. I think he had just come from playing in a tournament with him out in Oklahoma, and him and his dad talked about that this guy's this kid is one of the best basketball players he's ever played against. So I mean, that's some pretty strong words um, considering some of the some of the athletes that Jalen's played against in some of these tournaments. So uh, that speaks big time about what Alexander could potentially bring to the table if he commits to Arkansas for sure. Oh, yeah, and I think he was just uh, playing in the Wooten Top 150 with uh, some of the other future in-state prospects like Layton Walker and Bryce Warren. Um, I think they all had really good showings, all the in-state guys moving forward. I think Trey Alexander had really good showings there, too. So uh, It's really cool keeping up with all of these uh, these circuit tournaments that are going on right now because you, you literally get 
150 of the best prospects across the 22, 23, 24 classes, or 21, 22, 23 classes, depending on which circuit it is. And it is just high-level basketball, and you're just having the best of the best compete against each other in high school, and it is very fun to watch. Um, fun fact, a little plug here uh, from my buddy, uh, Steph Welsh. Uh, Steph Welsh puts on one of these circuit tournaments uh, in Virginia. Uh, he has the scene circuit, like S-E-E-N. Um, he started a scouting, an NCAA certified scouting uh, company uh, called ICU, uh, ICU Scouting. And there's a lot of talent in that Virginia area. And there are some Razorback prospects over there. But um, I, I say all that to say there are Razorback prospects that play on the team circuit that former Razorback Steph Welch uh, owns. And you can go watch that on his website, I believe. I think if you go to Steph Welch's Twitter or the team circuit Twitter, I think you can find the website to watch some of those. Yeah, very cool. And it's actually – I thought about this because yeah, I know Jalen went down and played in several uh, of those down in Texas before he went back out to Oak Hill. But um, I think it's hilarious that they can – that these kids can knock out these big-time tournaments like that and we're still trying to figure out how to play college basketball in a month. But anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Okay, before I let you go, I want you to – and I'm not – you can give a pick if you want, but give me your quick thoughts on the A&M game this weekend. Um – Razorback defense holds strong, exposes Kellen Mond. Yeah, Kellen Mond won't have a good rest of the year like any other quarterback that Arkansas exposes. Um, Hogs win 27-24. All right. I like your style, I like Jackson. It. All right, Jackson. I appreciate you joining us, man. We appreciate uh, – make sure you guys get over to hogbeat.com and check out his stuff. Great recruiting insight, as you've always had, man. We really appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, any other plugs you want to make before you get out of here? Uh, no, I don't really have any other plugs. Just uh, stay put on your podcast. I still tune in and listen every week. So uh, I really do appreciate you having me on again, and I look forward to uh, listening to this episode and listening to future episodes. All right, man. Sounds good. We appreciate you. Thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, bud. All right, guys, Jackson Collier with hogbeat.com. And we really appreciate Jackson joining us this week. And uh, good stuff, good basketball stuff, man. That kid's full of knowledge. He is. He is absolutely 100% full got of knowledge. got a basketball question, give him a question. Send him a message. And it just pops right out. Yeah. Make sure you follow him at JC Hoops on the Twitter machine. Uh, all right. We got a little bit more stuff we'll cover before we get out of here. Jackson helped us. Bullet points there. Jackson helped <clears throat> us cover most of it. Uh, okay. First off, I don't know. Okay. I want to go back <laughs> and cover oh, something crap. That, that Jackson didn't want to talk about on the record. And that's fine. He's a, he's a, he's a big dog now. So he, he got to be careful. <laughs> Those little puppies down here. We can still talk <laughs> That's about right. It. We, we got to eat the scraps. Be and well. these are the scraps. Oh, uh, my bad. Wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong thing, but sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Wrong one. Sorry, quit, calling B, quit calling B walkout. Hey, he, I know it. The Mississippi State champs this year, baby. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, back to this Jerry Jacobs thing, man. So this whole deal is crazy. Did you? First off, I've reached out to him, so (laughs) he didn't reply to my 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 dude. But I guess so because he was dude. He responded to me in like no time when I tried to get him on uh, in pre in preseason, and he he said he would love to, but he couldn't. The coaches wouldn't let him, and so. He, he responded to all of those those tweets, really, or those DMs pretty quick, but he's not gotten back with me. So, um, I don't know, man. Maybe he had to fill his trash bag. The, damn. <laughs> so, from my understanding, and this is what I've heard from three different people, and they're totally different spears of people, so I believe what I'm I've hearing. I've read a few things. And, and it's basically that the last week – uh, Jacobs decided he wasn't going to practice. Yeah, after getting basically set down for the old Miss game after his injury, he decides that he's not going to practice last week and then comes back and and <clears> wants <throat> to come back. back. Yeah, and, and, and Pittman's like, yeah, you, you can hit the door, bud. And that's, from my understanding, how that went. I think it's hilarious that he comes out with the NFL draft stuff. Like, I'm like, are we, are we really doing that? Like, And then he deletes it. I didn't see what happened with that. I was kind of 
engulfed in my desk with papers over my eyeballs trying to figure out how I was going to get work done today. Oh, he straight so had a graphic and everything. It, and then I heard that it was deleted and I couldn't get in quick enough to take a look at it's what It's in our there. chat. It's in our group chat. It, it's literally a graphic, like a big thank you Razorback Nation graphic, like talking about how it's now time for him to prepare for for the NFL draft. I'm like, I mean, you can't re- blame the guy. I but mean, are you getting drafted? Like you're going to, what's be- What better way to prepare than having there's another game? Kid, there's another kid out there that talks about beating Derrick Henry here in a little while. Oh, but I mean, on, you know, man. you got to have goals. I mean, are they feasible? Oh. I, I think they're more feasible for Jerry than they are the other guy. That person. But, uh, yeah. That person's not to ever be mentioned on this podcast. That's why I'm not saying the name. <laughs> I do get kind of tickled about it. It's been pretty funny the last couple of days as call to what's been me. going on and some of the things that's been said. Call me. Just call me, man. <laughs> call me. We should we should get Can him on. Can we call him? I'm not. I'm totally Dude, the number's totally in there. Dude, I'm in if you're in. <laughs> We've been going too long. I can't do that Can't to that do it today. Kid. Can't do that to that kid. No. Maybe next week. <laughs> no, it'd be kind of neat. I think it'd be, honestly, I think it'd be kind of neat to kind of, you know, hear some of his thoughts and stuff actually person to person. To be one hundred percent honest, yeah, we'll see. I don't know about you can't that. you can't disrespect somebody's you know. <laughs> anyway, back to, to Jerry Jacobs. Do, um, do it rabbit hole. Sorry. So, yeah, I I don't know what's going on there. It's so weird how that started off with Jacobs getting the job, McClellan losing it, so McClellan quits, and then Jacobs has got the job. Now he basically doesn't have the job. You know, you had you had uh, Johnson who played Kari Johnson who played over him last week. And so I'm just thankful we have a Kari Johnson that can go play and, and doesn't look bad. And then the emergence of Hudson Clark here, a man child from walk on at Highland Park to uh, three interceptions in one game and basically a shutdown corner so far. Yeah, and I mean that basically. And then he doesn't have to face Jalen Waddle at the end of the season. Right. Hope that kid gets better quickly. Oh, now that man, I that's tough. Yeah, yeah that's tough. I hate that for him. I hate it for anyone like that. Yeah. But I mean. You know, did you hear Nick Saban total rabbit hole? Did you hear Nick Saban after the half and what he had to say? Dude, I missed the entire thing with that. I, I didn't I just see now it. today heard what he did. I yeah. heard it was like a knee, and apparently he had like a Dak Prescott go on. Yeah, something I didn't. You I know, haven't they seen said, it. Like but, dangling, from what I understand, yeah. like Dak's was. Well, so I haven't seen it, but I had just flipped over when I saw it come across First the scroll, the like kickoff. And, and so I flipped, or I seen it come across the scroll later, and I flipped over, and they got they're interviewing Saban coming out of the half, I think, and they asked him about the waddle injury and he's like he said he said yeah he said i don't understand in that situation why do you even bring it out of the end zone and then he stopped himself he's like but he's an athlete you know we want him to do things like that like he was like why did you take it like you could tell saban was so frustrated about the play that it happened on and how it happened because he brought it out from like it was deep in the end zone yeah. and so it was one of those well, things where it didn't even the have to people in the country you yeah i mean anytime he gets the ball in his hands whether his foot is on the back of the end zone line he's gonna bring it and that's and that's a competitive sport, yeah. and I'm better than you, and I'm going to prove yeah. it. And in essence, that's what Saban said to follow it up. I just think a lot of people ran with that first comment, like, "Oh hell yeah, they hey did. man, why are you why are you throwing dude under the bus?" But I mean, at the end of the day, it's He's the coach. Yeah, it's well, yeah. So well, let's jump into a little bit. So the big story really of the weekend was the fact that uh, Penn State, the, that mean, the Big who, Ten came back. Indiana, what happened? Yeah, that that was I'm interesting. Kidding, yeah, that was an interesting play. That Auburn refs had that one. Nah, so I don't know, man. I, I don't, would go with the score. I, I, I think you know. I think it was legit. I think it got I, it right. Yeah. Well, I think it's either way. I think they. If you don't call it a score, then I think it's not a score I, because when you see it, it's so close. Like it's so almost. You're say tie goes to the winner. Is that what you're going to say? I'm just going to say that if they'd have called, I'd have been okay with it either way. If they just said he didn't get in, I'd have been okay with them saying he didn't get in. Because okay I think it was close scoring it because I like Penn State. Losing. Well, that too, but because I want to understand, Franklin did something earlier in the game that like it was he's kind of his always questionable calls in, in crunch situations. Uh, either he went for two or did something dumb, and ultimately ended up costing them the game. So, oh, that brings me to another point that I wanted that to right? ask you. That it's not no, it's not really a rabbit hole. It's part of what we're talking about. Okay, go ahead. Did you see no in the Nebraska Ohio State game? So Ohio State scores late. Like, they had a freshman quarterback in. They scored late, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know the whole story. But anyway, the point of the story is Ryan Day has apologized to Frost because they scored that touchdown. We are now at a point in college football that you apologize for scoring a touchdown. 
Speaking of scoring touchdowns like, and not meaning to. Oh, poor Todd Gurley. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, we can get into that in closing ramblings if you want, but poor Todd Gurley. Poor Todd. No, no lie, man. He First, he, oh, he has to go to Atlanta, of all places. And yeah, who doesn't look that bad? And then, then they lose every. They just figure out a way to lose every they've week. Had three games where they've had over ninety eight percent win probability that they have lost. That's this year. pretty freaking crazy. But I'm so what? Wisconsin. We were told before that game that they were going to have all kinds of problems with Illinois, and they did not. But the news, the big news coming out of that game, right after the game, or at some point here over the last twenty four hours, their quarterback tested positive for COVID. Uh oh. By Big Ten rules. He has to sit out for 21 days. Damn. They done. Because <laughs> Wisconsin season. I mean, you can go and quit now. Like, yeah, Graham Mertz. He went. Graham Mertz goes 20 of 21, 248, five touchdowns. Somebody else went 20 of 21. That's some yesterday. stupid numbers. Fields, Fields numbers are up there like Fields that. were pretty crazy, too. Mm-hmm. I think he, he got sacked several times, though. Clemson looked like they were struggling with Syracuse at the half, and then they won big. Alabama, boy, Tennessee. Georgia broke Tennessee, as Ty said, but golly, dude, Tennessee. Do you see the numbers on that game? I want you to pull it up and look at Max numbers. Uh, hang on. I want like, to... It's kind of astounding looking at it, and you're like, how did you do this but not do this? And I want you to kind of pull it without me saying it because I looked at it and I was like, damn. Yeah, Mac Jones, 25 of 31 for 387. And what did he not have? An interception or a touchdown pass. <laughs> 387 yards. That just means when they got down there, they gave it to Najee Harris, who had his three touchdowns. But look how many yards Najee Harris had rushing. Only 96. That's because they threw all the way to the red zone, and then they handed it to Harris. <laughs> kind of I mean, Mike Jones had a rushing score. He, yeah, yeah. I think uh, he did. And Brian Robinson Jr. Brian Robinson had one. I think Najee had three. Yeah. That dude's the, he, he's the business. I've always liked him. Since he came out or came to Alabama, and he's finally getting to show it off, he's a big back like Henry too. So I'm looking something up real quick because I I think the Tennessee fan base is melting right now. Like probably so. How many um, games in a row they lost now? That's three. Well, I mean, this is the first reality checks becoming more painful for Pruitt and the Vols. <laughs> I mean, the fan base is absolutely melting. It's because down you recruit kids to right steal. Now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Now you can't steal a win. So. <laughs> Uh, let's see another yes. game. Belly no, laugh. Notre Dame Pittsburgh. I was actually surprised. I'm I'm not a fan. Of, I think Notre Dame's overrated, even I, though they're number three. They're going to get in the playoff for some stupid reason. They're playing in the ACC. Do they have to play Clemson? Yeah, they'll have they're to. They're not going to make the playoff. So. Pittsburgh. I thought Pittsburgh would give them a better game. They did. And Ohio State they had no issues North in Carolina. Nebraska. Yeah, Justin Fields went 20 of 21 for 276 and two touchdowns. I thought he was up there like yep. that. Oklahoma State had a good one with Iowa State. They pulled it off. So Oklahoma State keeps the Big 12's only hope of a playoff team in in happening. So they're still in play for that. Penn State, their hopes, whatever possible hopes they had of a playoff, went down the drain with that two-point conversion that Indiana was given. First game, one and done. Bye-bye, Penn State. Well, when you only play eight games, what do you think? I mean, and now, I mean, yeah. You can't afford to lose any of them. You can't lose any of them at all. Cincinnati. Cincinnati just annihilated SMU in a game that I thought would be way closer than that. But holy moly, man. Desmond Ryder. Cincinnati's pretty good. Desmond Ryder. Eight carries, 179, and three touchdowns. Sounds like a Razorback that played against Western Kentucky last year. Man, that's crazy. It just put it to him. 42-13. Miami almost gave one up to Virginia. 19-14. BYU, no problems with Texas State. What other games were of interest? Michigan. Michigan looked good. Michigan. That, and we'll see if they can keep it going. But they they, played Minnesota. they broke the oars on the boat in Minnesota. <laughs> Snapped them clean in And half. they took that jug. That, that, what is that? that they, they made a big deal about the story on the jug and the fact that it only cost 30 cents when it was bought. Now it's – Ten, 31. 31 cents. It's still not worth more than 30 cents in Michigan, Minnesota. Who cares? Tell so, me how Kansas State is ranked. Hmm? How is Kansas State Because they ranked? beat Oklahoma. But they lost to Arkansas State. Yeah, who looks really, really, really bad now. Yeah. I made that point. It was like, finally, Arkansas is good, and the rest of the Arkansas schools just go to crap. UCA yeah. loses. Arkansas State sucks. I wonder if Arkansas State still wants to play Arkansas. Maybe Jerry Jacobs wants to go back to Arkansas State. Maybe he can't. <laughs> I don't know. So, all right. I had one other thing. I thought this was interesting. So, I I, I want to start doing a Hogs Bowl watch every week. And, and this week, I'm only, I only pulled one because it was so intriguing to me. Have you seen the ESPN projection of where they have Arkansas in a bowl right now? 
No, I have Borderline not. erotic. Borderline erotic bowl? Borderline erotic. Remember where that happened at? It was Texas. Texas bowl. So, they, against Texas. Or Oklahoma. The two, the two picks were Arkansas, Oklahoma, or Arkansas, Texas. I would so enjoy that. <laughs> well, the Oklahoma one would be a lot of fun, except that one person that, was, that is apparently no longer there. If you pull up the Oklahoma roster, he's no longer on their roster. Oh, anymore. that kid? Yeah. Stacy, where are you? Should have kept your mouth shut. Did someone find Stacy. I saw, some, I saw a Razorback fan, total rabbit hole, since we're at the closing ramblings at this yeah, point. Yeah, we can do this. Um, yeah, y'all are done listening. Y'all stop listening after Jackson got off. I yeah, know. we know we're not important. We suck. Our 1,400 downloads, they're all gone because Jackson's gone now. Yeah, hey, but we'll get there. That's what we already have, dude. We're Sweet. averaging good numbers right now. I'm pretty impressed. It's, it's because I shut up. No. <laughs> It's because you quit cutting me off. Shut up, Steve. Oh, my goodness. Now you done forgot, made me forget my rambling. What was I going to ramble about? We were talking about? about the Borderline Erotic Bowl. Yeah. And then after that, you said people aren't Oh, yeah, no, us. the Stacy Wilkins thing. So, and then that guy. <coughs> I said his last name. My bad. So, I said I'd never say it, but I did. You stupid Whoops. dummy. So, no, but well, can I, I, I saw somebody the, I saw somebody the other day on Twitter was like, because, you know, okay, look, here's my thing. Like, I'm not going to welcome Stacy Wilkins back to Arkansas with open arms ever. And here's the reason why. It has nothing to do with what he said on Twitter because, look, people have come after him and said stupid, nasty things to him that they shouldn't say. And, and, and as a 17- or 18-year-old kid, you're going to respond. You're going to say stuff. So There's I no got, way you can be above it. I, yeah, I got no reason. I have no ill will. Where I have an issue with Wilkins – is was his commitment video when he came out and he trashed the state of Arkansas and, and and used all those Oklahoma people to trash the state of Arkansas and make stupid little snide comments and then comes out afterwards like I, I wasn't it wasn't my intention I didn't try to trash Arkansas yeah you did it was the whole freaking video dude just go to Oklahoma and go to the NFL like you said I mean to the bench I mean to quitting the team I mean to who knows are you gonna go to JUCO with that other kid so I don't know what he's gonna do you want fries with that no that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have anything else to do? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, right I don't mess up better. Might as well. I mean, hey, that pays money at least. So, all right, man. I don't know if I got anything else. You got any rambling? What are you doing? Throwing stuff in the floor? Trying not to let one of your children step on this toothpick I oh, dropped. It's right there. Right there. It's right there. You almost had it. There got you go. It. All right. There's my ramble. <laughs> all right. So, I guess that's it. I don't know. I thought I had some other things to ramble about, but I've, I've lost. I got one. Well, boy. Six and oh. That's all you need to know. Oh, hey, congratulations. Hey, my- Only undefeated team left, and that was a hell of a game yesterday. See, I didn't, even, I didn't get to watch Boy, it. Boy, 24 to 7 or 27 to 7 at half. I was like, cruising. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, crap, Gostowski to miss a field goal to not tie it. Big Ben was like, he missed. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, he was like, he did miss. We win. Yes. <laughs> the Ravens this week, so I don't know what's going to happen. My Niners look good this week. They yeah. killed Cam Newton. <laughs> Basically took his starting job away from it. Yeah. I mean, how many starting dude still ass whooped from COVID? So he's something. He, it's not COVID because he looks as bad now as he did at Carolina. So First two know. games of the season, he looked pretty solid. He, he looked all right, but that fell apart. Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray put on a show last. Yeah, night. how about DK Metcalf? <laughs> Did you see the mile an hour? No, I haven't seen the mile an hour yet. It's like twenty two point six three miles an hour. He seemed like that. So that's still about the same speed that Daniel Jones was running no, the other it's day. Over You're telling a mile me that's an hour the same. Faster. But that's still about the that's same. That's a lot of step. I get that, but that just doesn't. It man, doesn't make it. It looked like he was going oh, like 44 my, miles. Oh, he was rolling, dude. <laughs> dude, somebody said he looked like a horse. He did. He looked like a horse. Yeah. Half a horse running down Have the street. Have you freaking... seen it where they show it from him like cutting across? And yeah. then like it's like stride is just. Yeah. It's ridiculous, man. They were uh, Miles. Was it Miles Garrett posted? He said, "I need to see a race between uh, Tyreek Hill and DK Metcalf after the season." Oh, that'd be awesome. I think I don't know. I mean, uh, I just I think Tyreek it takes Hill's deep, a freak. Well, I mean, and I, you get they're talking hundred yard dash on this one. Okay, and then I'm good with that. Yeah. Oh, DK Metcalf will outrun him. I yeah. doubt my mind. There's too much stride and too much man I think there. So. He runs a sub four four anyway, and you know, I mean, Tyreek Hill's going to be there. But if if DK Metcalf is any bit in his shadow. 
at the, at the 40 mark or, or 50, 60 oh, yards, you forget about yeah. it. He will Usain Bolt the hell out of that yeah. dude. Yeah, 40, I don't like I don't no. like DK's chances. It's going to take him a little longer to get the top speed. But I'd almost go with an AB type on something like 100. that. Hey, speaking of AB, oh, my goodness gracious. Are you serious right now? Yeah. Like, speaking, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of ramblings, we found a couple. Man, freaking. How? I don't know. I, that team's stupid. And their defense is stupid. Like, they're just stupid good Look, across the board. Devin White is a bad, bad yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Have you seen some of the stat? Uh, they showed some of the stats from the LSU rookies from this year that are – door handle just moved. Uh-huh. The LSU rookies uh, that uh, got Burrow, Patrick Queen, Clyde edwards Lair, and there was one more they showed. I think it might have been Jordan Jefferson or Justin Jefferson, whatever the Jefferson right. kid is. Yeah. But they showed all their stats, like, and they're just like, Every one of them was balling out for what oh, they're yeah. doing. Well, I mean, everybody knew what they lost. I mean, it's crazy. All right. That that's enough. Either. We've hit an hour. we got to go. Yeah. We'll so, get on. All right. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys joining us. We thank Jackson Collier from Hogbeat.com for joining us. Make sure you get over to Rivals and sign up for that one-year membership. It's a pretty special little thing. Some good stuff. Hogbeat's and you get a free good T-shirt. Yes. Yes, you do. And if you're a student, you get it for eleven ninety-five for the whole year. That's a good deal. That's like 90% off or something. I'm going to sign up for school. Yeah, just just get one class. Yes. I'm going to cancel this. All right, man. It's been fun. We get actual football again this weekend, so we'll be talking about that next week. Until then, woo pig. Woo pig.